This is not a text for a sermon on tithing. It is a text for a sermon on what you do with your money. What you do with your money defines you as a person. If someone gave you $100 and it was what you would call, you know, unspoken for money, you've no bills to pay with it, you have everything else covered in life, what would you do? Some might say, well, I'll take it to the bank and invest it. Some might say, I know somebody in need, I'll share it with them. Some might say, I'll go to the mall and I'll blow it. Others might go to the casino or somewhere else. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, pastor of our Free Presbyterian Church here in Cloverdale. What a privilege, what an honor for me to bring the message of the gospel to you from the pulpit of our church. We take the sermons we preach in our church right in our pulpit and we bring them to you day by day, uh, little by little. We have to time things, of course, and we pray that God will use his word within your heart. And today we're coming to true riches. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. What a tragedy as we see many following after the vain riches of this world, the things that will perish, that will not stand the test of eternity. But in the gospel we have the riches of the kingdom, whereby your soul will be saved. And I pray that today, God will speak to your heart. Stay tuned now for the first message in song, All Creatures of Our God. We're back here in the book of Proverbs. These are words of wisdom from heaven 
for life on earth. And here in Proverbs 3, beginning at verse 9 and verse 10, I want you to see the Lord's word for our hearts here today. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. This is not a text for a sermon on tithing. It is a text for a sermon on what you do with your money. What you do with your money defines you as a person. If someone gave you $100 and it was what you would call, you know, unspoken for money, you've no bills to pay with it, you have everything else covered in life, what would you do? Some might say, well, I'll take it to the bank and invest it. Some might say, I know somebody in need, I'll share it with them. Some might say, I'll go to the mall and I'll blow it. Others might go to the casino or somewhere else. But what you do with your money defines the real you, who you are. Solomon gives words of instruction on to how to know God's blessing upon your life, upon your substance, and what that will do to your soul. When God created Adam and Eve, he gave him dominion over the earth, a work to do. He gave him every benefit and every asset to do the work, but he was to replenish the earth. He was not to be lazy. He was not to be a layabout. He was to give himself in the service of the Lord. Only in your case, it's not the whole world we're talking about. It's whatever you would put your name on. It might be a bicycle. It might be a car. It might be a house. It might be a truck. It might be something you use for work. For some, it might be an airplane. But whatever you put your name on, God speaks to your heart today, and he says, Honor the Lord with thy substance. Waste, disorder, and giving over to ungodly uses will bring you to shame. We see it every day. We see what happens when there is dysfunction, when people just let things go, and when things are given up. Now, all of this is involved in honoring the Lord with thy substance, and it's a checkup on the use of of the good things that the Lord allows you to use. Because nobody has everything. You might have things that you call your own, but they are God's gifts to you, and he has made you to be a steward of them. And of course, the question is, how's it going? What are you doing with all the stuff in life? And we will add to that the opportunities of life that you may glorify God. Now, you might be asking this question, and this will become the focus of our message today. Why does God care 
about what I do with my material things. Why does it matter to God? I want to answer that in a number of ways today. Firstly, God cares about your material things because God cares for your soul. Yes. Now, let's look at these two verses. You don't see the word soul in them. There's not a mention of your spirit or your soul or eternity or anything else about beyond today. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the firstfruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses burst out with new wine. But the Lord Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone. You cannot live on the stuff of life that you may call your own things. They will either curse you or they will bless you. And if that's all you have, then, of course, you are in spiritual danger. When the Lord Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, this was really the Lord's reply to the devil. And the devil wanted the Lord Jesus to use the things that he could to use them for the devil's purposes and for the wrong use. We read of the story of the rich fool. Now, the rich fool was a farmer. He had a great bumper crop, and he said to his soul, I know what I will do. I will pull down my barns, and I will build greater. And the voice of God said, Thou fool, for this day thy soul shall be required of thee. To be consumed with riches is soul-destroying. The Lord said that it is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. The more money a man has, the less he will feel his need of the Savior and of the gospel. And of course, the rich who trust in their riches they will despise the work of the cross. They feel no need. And there is just something about money, the deceitfulness of riches, the tendency to put our confidence in wealth and in bank accounts and in the dollar that we end up feeling secure and rich in ourselves. But what does the old hymn say about coming to the cross? When you come to the cross, you come empty-handed. The hymn writer said, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. And in reality, for a person to be saved, to trust in the Lord Jesus and the work of the cross where Jesus died for our salvation, you have to be willing to let go of the riches of this life. You know of the rich young ruler, and he came to the Lord and wanted to be a disciple of Jesus. 
And the Lord read his heart and knew his confidence in money and said, yes, you can be my disciple, but first go sell whatever you have. Give it to the poor. And he went away very sorrowful, but he was not a disciple of the Lord Jesus. So a very probing question will ask, will money save your soul? If you trust in money, you will undo the work of the cross and turn from the precious blood of Jesus to trust in the dollar rather than in the divine blessings of the Savior through his cross. So, point made, I hope. God is concerned about what you do with material things because he cares for your soul. Let me ask you, do you care about your soul today? Young people here, even little boys and girls, my, it's great to see a little child putting that dollar into the purse or into the pocket, taking delight in that first money that they can possess. And you see immediately the tug and the strength of money to man. And as you grow and get your first job and you get money, what are you going to do with it? It will define who you are. It will define what's in your heart. And I pray that you will not allow money to become your God by trusting in riches, because you have a soul that needs to be saved. You need a Savior, and you need to trust in Him. Now, my second major point is this. God cares about your material things because God also cares about your body. So he cares for your soul, and he cares for your body. Now, we come to talk about these filling of the barns. Now, these are, of course, earthly barns, and this pretend pertains to this earthly life, and a right godly use of your wealth will benefit your body and the temporal needs in this life. There is simply here a law of labor and industry that becomes a blessing. Now, we're in the book of Proverbs here. Let's jump to another one of the Proverbs, 27, chapter 27, verse 23. 27 and verse 23. Be thou diligent to know the state of thy flocks, and look well to thy herds. For riches are not forever, and doth the crown endure to every generation. Look well to thy herds and to thy flocks. Having growing up on a farm, having part in the care of animals and farm animals, all in the industry, of course, of in the end making a living on a farm, it makes absolutely no sense to me why anyone would attain a flock of sheep or cattle or whatever the animal they're raising and not care for them. 
Animal cruelty, animal neglect makes absolutely no business sense. To have animals that are worth whatever the value and see them become sick and die is a waste. To see them hungry and failing away to a skeleton, it's not only cruelty, it's madness. It makes absolutely no sense. The same applies to everything else in life, whether it's vehicles, machinery, buildings, business in general. The person who neglects his affairs is going to lose them. The fences will break down, the vermin, the rats, and the mice will eat and destroy, the taxes will add up, and receipts will soon lead you into bankruptcy. Everything in this world demands diligence, care, and business-like approach. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. We live in a world where the law is entropy. Everything left to itself diminishes, declines, and without your management and your good care, it will come to ruin. I was somewhat grieved last week and I have had my eye on this barn on 176th Street when I come out from my home on 68th Avenue onto 176th Street. Right in front, as you would sit at that traffic light, is this large farm barn. White, for the most part, with a metal roof. It was like a Dutch barn. It had this peak that went down and then tapered out this way. Of course, that's for the snow uh, level and, and bearing and so on. But this old barn has been leaning for a while, and I've been wondering and projecting it can't last. And every time I would sit at that traffic light, I'd have these inner thoughts about this old barn, and I would think about the law of entropy. Everything left to itself diminishes and declines. Now, I don't know what happened. Maybe the bugs got in and ate through the support beams, rot of some kind, and so it was beginning to lean. And then I can just see some Surrey city inspector driving by, looking at this building, and he says, I'm going to ticket that one. It must come down. And so last week, I saw the track digger there and I knew that was going to be the end of the building. And sure enough, the next day or so, it was just a pile of rubble. It came to nothing. I saw the size of the beams. Looked like two feet by two feet, some of them. And I thought about the poor fellows who erected that barn, whatever year it was, maybe a hundred years ago. The labor, the toil, the sweat that they put into erecting the barn. And now it's just a pile of rubble. Everything in this world decays and declines. Everything needs energy and care. And it applies in God's work as well. 
The work of the gospel does not advance by neglect. And just as you are to take care of your home, your car, your farm, your dog, your sheep, your cattle, you are also to give diligent care to the work of the gospel. And if we neglect God's work, it will decline. And so your energy, your diligence, your work is required in the house of God. And we're told here that the law is, so shall thy barns be filled. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale, British Columbia. And day by day, we like to bring the message of God's Word to you, wherever you are. Thank you for being a listener today. Now, in a few moments, we'll give you the announcements at the end and address, phone number, email, website. Please take down these various announcements. We look forward to hearing from you. The hymn for today is, Be Thou My Vision. Only one missionary is honored with a global holiday, and only one is known by his own distinct color of green, St. Patrick, of course, missionary to Ireland. Patrick was born in 373, along the banks of the River Clyde in what is now called Scotland. His father was a deacon and his grandfather a priest. When Patrick was about 16, Raiders descended on his little town and torched his home. When one of the pirates spotted him in the bushes, he was seized, hauled aboard ship, and taken to Ireland as a slave. There he gave his life to the Lord Jesus. The Lord opened my mind to an awareness of my belief, he later wrote, in order that I might remember my transgressions and turn with all my heart to the Lord my God. Patrick eventually escaped and returned home. His overjoyed family begged him to never leave again. But one night in a dream reminiscent of Paul's vision of the Macedonian man in Acts 16, Patrick saw an Irishman pleading with him to come and evangelize Ireland. It wasn't an easy decision, but Patrick, about 30, returned to his former captors, with only one book, the Latin Bible, in his hand. As he evangelized the countryside, multitudes came to listen. The superstitious Druids opposed him and sought his death, but his preaching was powerful, and Patrick became one of the most fruitful evangelists of all time, planting about 200 churches and baptizing 100,000 converts. His work endured, and several centuries later the Irish church was still producing hymns, prayers, sermons, and songs of worship. In the 8th century, an unknown poet wrote a prayer asking God to be his vision, his wisdom, and his best thought by day or night. In 1905, Mary Elizabeth Byrne, a scholar in Dublin, Ireland, translated this ancient poem into English. Another scholar, Eleanor Hull of Manchester, England,
took Burns' translation and crafted it into verses with rhyme and meter. Shortly thereafter, it was set to a traditional Irish folk song, Slain, named for an area in Ireland where Patrick reportedly challenged local druids with the gospel. Is one of our oldest and most moving hymns. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, not be all else to me, save that thou art. Thou my best thought by day or by night, waking or sleeping, thy presence my light. Lord of all hopefulness, Lord of all joy, whose trust ever childlike no cares could destroy, be This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and you're listening to Let the Bible Speak. I hope you've been blessed today through the ministry of God's Word. I'd also be delighted to talk with you. My personal phone number is 604-897-2040. 
please call to let me know that you're listening and we can open the Bible and pray together. For all the information about our radio ministry in Canada and our churches in Buffalo, Scarborough, Port Hope, and Barrie, please go to ltbs.ca. If you have been blessed today, please kindly consider helping us to cover the cost of airtime. Your gift, large or small, will make the difference. You can donate online at ltbs.ca or by mail. Our mailing address is LTBS 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S 1M6. My phone number again is 604-897-2040. And remember to join us again at this time next week on this station as we let the Bible speak.